Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This time I'm speaking to Carmen Olias Camero. She's the operations manager for the program. We speak about women behind the scenes in CrossFit, what makes an athlete appealing to a brand, and Carmen gives her advice for others wanting to work in the space. We have a lot to say, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Welcome to the podcast, Carmen Olias Camero. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you, Vicky. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we should uh, say up front that we have been roommates we have uh, we've we've had some pretty cool experiences together, and this is uh, it's kind of funny to be interviewing you because I know most of the answers to these questions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you know more than me. But, but yeah, I missed you a lot in in Miami. Even though uh, Alex was uh, a great roommate, Alex Ramsey, she was a really good roommate too. But uh, yeah, I miss you a lot. I miss you a lot. We had a great time in in Madison. Yeah, we really did. Carmen, let, firstly, let, please introduce yourself. Tell me what your job title is. <laughs> so my name is uh, Carmen Olias uh, Camero. So I have two surnames because in Spain we have uh, two of them. And my mom get really pissed off if I don't say her surname. So um, I'm Carmen and I'm the operations manager of the program. How would you describe your job to somebody who doesn't know anything about CrossFit? So basically, my my role consists on helping young with the business side of, of the program. So the main idea and the main goal is to uh, download his um, work. So if I can help him so he can focus on, on the athletes and more on the coaching side of uh, his, you know, his daily life, more to have a routine, etc., that's um that's what I try to do. Uh, how long have you been in this role? So it's uh, funny because I've been working with the program for almost three years now. But at the beginning, I was um, also uh, at the office. I used to be a lawyer. So I was having two jobs. Uh, but then in November of uh, two, yeah, two years ago, I came full, full mode with the program, all in. So, so yeah, it was a big decision, actually. Because it's like a real passion for many people who maybe had a job. Like, for example, I've spoken to athletes who, who qualified as accountants or eco economists in some way. And then they've gone, you know what, mum and dad, I'm going to go do CrossFit now. So like, how did your parents respond when you said, hey, mum, hey, dad, you know that great law degree I got that you supported me through and that like vision you had of me being a lawyer? Well, actually, I'm just going to go work in sport. How did they take that? Yeah, that, that it was horrible. I mean, it wasn't horrible because my parents always supported me. But, you know, it was this kind of situation of your oldest daughter got, she was a lawyer, she had a great job in the office, like, you know, this regular and normal office job and I really liked it you know I really enjoyed it but then when I started working with John they don't know anything about sport and they don't know anything about CrossFit they do know now but uh, they didn't know anything about CrossFit or the program or anything so I went the first time was like okay I'm flying to Mallorca to meet this guy 
And then everything went like a snowball and started growing around. But they they saw and they experienced how tricky it was for me to to have both jobs. And I was working a lot, like a lot, like eight eight hours at the office, and then like as many hours I needed for the program. So I was quite stressed. And they were the ones saying, maybe you need to choose what you're going to do. Uh, so when I took the decision, they were like, are you sure? Are you, are you sure that you are leaving what you studied and your degree and your master and everything? Because I have a master and I have everything that I needed to become a lawyer. But you know what? I was a lot into trademarks and a lot into like industrial, like intellectual property. Sorry, that's in Spanish. I was a lot into intellectual property and they I, I really like all the marketing stuff and also the business side of uh helping brands uh to grow and inside me I really knew that the lawyer thing wasn't my thing but I wanted to get into the business side of of a job so it was part of the I think I feel I was supposed to do this I was supposed to be into like a company and not into a lawyer office at the end Tell me the story of how you got the job. How did you get to meet John? And tell me that, how that happened. Yeah, so I was in my holidays. Uh, I had two weeks uh, holidays in that year. And then I was I was about to have a siesta because you know like normally I don't I, I cannot I cannot take them but I was about to take a siesta and I was just like scrolling through Instagram and then I saw a story from the program because I used to follow them um, I saw a story from the program saying if you speak both Spanish and English send us a message so I sent the message saying me. <laughs> And they replied back saying, Carmen, can you um, write us an email to blah, blah, blah. So I went to the gym and I was on the hustle bike, like warming up. And I was sent, like writing down the email. And then my coach was uh, sitting next to me on the other hustle bike. And he just sneaked into my phone to see who I was texting. And he said, I, why are you texting to, uh, why are you sending an email to John Singleton? I don't know who is that. He was like, oh, he's one of the greatest coaches out there. So I was like, oh, okay, so good. And when I finished my class, I had a text from John saying, Carmen, can you have a call in five minutes? So you know how John works. <laughs> so he's like that. And I sent him a text back saying, yeah, of course. So I was I was thinking, okay, like he's going to call me and we're just like going to talk for a bit. And he just FaceTimed me and I was just, I went out of the CrossFit class, all sweaty, you know, like Seville, August, 40 degrees and just a CrossFit class. So I was like terrible looking. And John and I started talking. We got along really well. And yeah, he told me that he needed some help with uh, something. So I said, like, of course I can help you. You know, I'm, I'm always like that. If I can help, uh, I will do it. And then that thing becoming became bigger and bigger. So there was uh, a moment that he asked me to fly to Mallorca. And I took a flight the next day and I was there. So I met Jacqueline, I met John, I met uh, some people of the crew. And then that that started growing and I'm here now. You were already um, you were into CrossFit as a personally so you were doing classes so you had some understanding about the CrossFit games and about competitive sports 
Yeah, so the thing with CrossFit started because I used to play rugby when I was uh, younger and we were like CrossFit was forbidden for us because... Forbidden? Yeah, yeah, completely forbidden because, you know, we were, we had um, a really big uh, load of training and CrossFit and rugby are quite difficult to mix. So, you know, it's quite a big load for CrossFit and quite a big load for, for rugby. So it was really hard, you know, like maybe you're doing the squats, CrossFit in the morning and there you are sprinting in rugby at, the, at night. So it was it was kind of um, hard to to like practice both sports. So it was forbidden for us. And then when they told me, like, you cannot practice CrossFit, I was like, what the fuck is CrossFit? So I started looking for videos in YouTube and like scrolling through the Internet. And I saw these amazing athletes and amazing girls, like, you know, like the daughters and all these girls. And I was amazed by them. And what? So I, I got a lot into it, but just an, as a an spectator. And then as soon as I left rugby, I started CrossFit. Like two weeks after I was walking into the CrossFit gym. So I started like that. Because as a woman, playing rugby is still quite an unusual thing to be doing. It's still not seen as a, a sport that many women would play. Yeah, absolutely. And here in Spain, it's not famous at all, you know. it's. I started playing rugby when I lived in Ireland. I lived in Ireland for a year, so I discovered rugby then. There, of course, you know, main sport there. And then when I came back, I was lucky enough to get into a school that was a lot into rugby. So I started there too. And then, you know, like my parents was this kind of thing again that Carmen Carmen does. Like getting into rugby, getting into crossfit, getting into, you know, it's kind of the known and a normal thing. So I started rugby and then I came like full in. Like I did with CrossFit and I do with everything in my life. I came, I went full in and I, I played rugby for 11 years. So it was a lot. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't usual, you know, when you told a guy or someone that you already like you met, yeah, I do I do rugby, I play rugby, they they were quite surprised. Yeah, I I think that your experience as a competitive athlete must then inform the way that you work with the athletes now. Absolutely. I mean, I of course I wasn't as professional as they were, I were, I went to another city for playing rugby. Uh, this team paid for my studies, uh, for my master and everything. I played with the Spanish team too. And I was, you know, like full mode. I was taking care of my nutrition, of going to the physio, going to, you know, like being healthy and training as much as I could. Um, but of course I wasn't. And that, at that moment, you couldn't think about having sponsors or having like a coach for yourself or something like that you know you were with a team and that's all but right now I work like this with the athletes and I want them to have the best experience as professionals because I know what it means you know well I know that you need to put food on the table and you need to to pay for the massage and you need to I don't know like do whatever to perform so I try to help them as much as possible. Another point along those lines is that because women's rugby is still a growing sport and CrossFit is still a growing sport. I see other kind of crossovers and similarities there. But the really interesting thing is that you're a woman in a management role 
which is still pretty rare even in CrossFit because CrossFit sees itself as being a sport that a lot of, uh, like it's really open, women can compete on the same level playing field, but behind the scenes, still a lot of male coaches, still a lot of male management, a lot of male media, not many women in this in this game, huh? No, it's amazing. Actually, I was talking about this with uh, a couple of more girls that are into management in Miami. And it's crazy because, you know, what I love about CrossFit is that female athletes get the same attention as the male. Even, I mean, I watch the, the girls more than the, than the men. And I love that. You know, that's, I, I don't think there is any other sport that uh, has this. And but it's it's not the same when you work professionally for for CrossFit, as you said. Like media, you cannot see that many media girls, managers. I think we are like three in the world. Then like coaches, etc. So you know names and you know uh, girls that are that are working for that and that are out there. But there is not many. And actually, we were we're having a call this week with uh, these two girls from lab management and strength in numbers, Chess Kande, and we're gonna find a solution for that. You know, we would like to to work to spread the word and say, hey, we need we need more women out here. I think that's really good because I think that we should find a way to professionally level up. And I, I don't think that the men necessarily need to make a space for the women, but the women need to push. Yeah, yeah. I think there is work for everyone, and especially when, when this sport is growing. But I think it's also a matter of people not getting enough information about this. You know, you you obviously can see like girls coaching at boxes and doing like media stuff, like maybe like social media and Instagram stuff, because you know, like Ella is our community manager, etc. So we we are we have a lot of girls in our team. We do. Yeah, we do have a lot of girls. That's amazing, you know, like in the media department, me in the business side, also like website and you in with uh, Alex. So there is a lot of girls working here. But I think we need to spread the word and also uh, let know people that they can work in CrossFit. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's that people might be afraid of jumping into the sports and also like quitting jobs, etc. to do this. It is where it is, isn't it? If you don't take the risks, you will never see what happens. Tell me a bit about how you started your role and what you have learned as you've gone along. I mean, because nobody wrote you a job description. It's kind of evolved, hasn't it, into what it is now. So tell me the key, the key things you think are important. Uh, so basically my role, so as, as I said, I'm the operations manager. I help with everything that happens at the company. Like now we're organizing the crown. We have like, Everything, I mean, everything that you could think about a business, I'm, I'm there with John. And then I'm also taking care of the management department. So this role came because John and I, you know, you know that the main goal of the program is to help the athletes to become uh, the best they can be. So we were thinking like, okay, how can we help the, the athletes even more? And we came to the conclusion that the financial part of their lives was super important. And, you know, I had studies for uh, contracts and law, and I'm, I do have a lot of knowledge about brands and marketing strategy, etc. So we 
came with the idea, like maybe we we can start, um, you can start managing the main athletes. So I started with Jacqueline, started with Sola, Ella, then um, Moritz came in and it's going super well. You know, uh, we help, especially like Moritz and Jacqueline grew a lot in, term, in terms of brands and exposure. And I do love my job and I do love going to places to talk to people and, and see what we can get out of there. And also, of course, to to help the brands, you know, having the the main faces of every market with them. That's a lot. And that, that can that can give you a lot back, a lot of uh, return of that investment. And I, I, I love that. So like, tell me about, for example, working with Foodspring. How did you develop that relationship, and what kind of what kind of things do they ask of the athlete? What would somebody who was going into a brand relationship typically expect? So basically, it usually happens that the brands contact the athlete or me, or we do contact them. For example, in the in the case of Footspring, we were looking for a nutrition partner for our athletes. And basically, I, I reached them and say, hey, we have these athletes, and I think they could be a great fit for your brand. If you're interested, just uh, let me know. And Footspring was a, a weird case because we had to wait over a year for getting that contract because the, it wasn't their moment. They were not that much into CrossFit. But then as soon as they wanted to, to get into the market, we were super open to work with them because, you know, they are a super cool brand and the athletes love the product. So I basically started the negotiations back then and we have a really good partnership with them right now. What kind of things does a brand look for when they're, when they're looking to work with an athlete? What do you think um, is important? I think base, they basically look for exposure and to have the uh, relationship with an with an elite athlete. You know, if you if the athlete enjoys the product, because that's one of our main rules. Like we're not going to promote anything that they don't like. They are the role models for everything. You know, having Jacqueline and having Moritz Fibig, both games athletes and like main athletes in the region. That's really, I mean, I would love that as a brand. So it's basically exposure and to show people how great their product is. And what what um, kind of jobs do they expect the athletes to do? I mean, is it like they have to do a certain amount of posts or what's the details? Yeah, so basically a brand contract involves, uh, as I say, exposure in social media, uh, posts, reels, stories. That's why we we also want to, we also like to help the athletes with that. And that's why Manu uh, is going to Mallorca and they're always getting reels and content from our media team because, you know, it's way easier and they get more quality stuff through them. And then... Uh, Maybe attending some events, uh, wearing their clothes, tattoos in competitions, doing some activ- some activations, raffles, whatever, whatever the brand ideas are, we we help with that. So if it, if an athlete was trying, like imagine an athlete is listening to this podcast, but they don't have any sponsors, what would you what would you suggest to them as being the things to look at in order to start approaching a brand if they were doing it on their own? Mm-hmm. If they are doing it on their own, I will say that it's super important to prepare a really good presentation because that's that tells a lot from you. And if you can get a really good, like several pictures of yourself competing 
a good resume about what competitions did you attend and what did you win, etc. Also, of course, your insights in social media. That's super important and they always ask for that. So if you can prepare a good template or email about yourself and your achievements, I think that's a great card of presentation for the brand to ask for a call. You know, that's uh, that's the... That's the first thing that I will do if I would, uh, if I was looking for for sponsors myself. And flip it around. So if if it was a brand looking to work with an athlete, what would you say is like a red flag? What would be an absolute no no? A red flag. That's a, that's a good question. If I were the manager of a brand and I wanted to look for an athlete, I wouldn't look at their followers. I wouldn't look at how they look. For example, I would look like ask myself, okay, is this guy or is this girl like I would say like is this guy fitting you know is are they reflecting what I'm what I am what my brand is looking for because you know like there is great examples for this example I don't know like Grad and Daniel Brandon they are perfect fit you know they are great this kind of badass looking skater girl those kind of connections are the best in my opinion you don't need a great roster of uh, athletes you don't need 15 athletes for your brand if you get the perfect one you have uh, a lot done so i will i will look for that you know it's or for example i think tian noble you know it's like jacqueline and hasselman they're they're really good fit really really good fit and I, I I like that so my role as a manager also involves to study okay is this is this partnership gonna be a long-term one is this fit gonna be there forever are they getting along well are they looking for for are they looking for my athletes you know it's just not asking for posts sending clothes or sending protein shakes or whatever are they looking after them so that's um, that's what I look for in a brand. I'd like you to be my manager then. That you sound like the perfect <laughs> the perfect person to take care. Do you fit do you feel do you feel like you're a bit like everybody's mum or best friend? No, 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 no. My, like, you know, like the athletes that I'm working with are super, you know, are super well organized guys. You know, I'm not, I do, I do like to take care of them. And if I, I can just, I don't know, if I can cook for them or if if I, they need me to, to do anything, I, I will do that for them. But they're super well organized themselves. You know, Jacqueline, Moritz, Ella, they're, they're you know, they're really smart guys and, and they can do everything for themselves. And they also have the whole program team with them. So it's it's not a matter of, of them and I. But yeah, then like sometimes you feel like, it's like, Carmen, I forgot to bring this. So you need to go to the wherever shop and buy that or I don't know, like anything, you know, I will do anything for them just to, just for them to not have stress at competitions. Well, let's talk about competitions because obviously you went to a couple of fairly big ones last year and this year. And from a manager's point of view, going to the competitions, it's not just about obviously taking care of the athletes and supporting them. It's also for you about networking and meeting people. So I mean, what would you say um, was your highlight, for example, at the Games? What would you have said that you know, the things that you took away from that experience? Games were games were amazing. I mean, games you were there. 
games were a great opportunity for networking and I'm super proud that I made it there because you can settle the next season in a weekend so that's that's super cool because you know I think the most important part of being present I think I think being present being present is essential you know it's you need to be there there is no excuse for not going to a competition of course there is excuses you know but if, if you can be there just don't think about it and fly but I think it makes the difference because sending an email or having a talk face to face or with the person is completely is completely the opposite you know so meeting the people there also other managers or business owners you ask uh, what they're looking for what what are their plans for the next seasons if you can help them in europe or whatever so you you really create a bound there Super cool. I, lo- I love connecting to, to other businesses. What, um, what I was surprised about actually was that it, every evening there seemed to be some kind of networking party going on, even after a full day of competition. I was going and locking myself in the hotel room and processing pictures and you were off to yet another mixer. You were off for a drink. Yeah, that was super fun, you know, because you it was cool because you didn't have a plan that day. And then it was uh, with Shane from CBDMD that day that I introduced myself to him because Benji, another manager that is a good friend of mine, introduced me and he was like, oh, you should come to the party tonight. So yeah, of course. I mean, like, and (laughs) (laughs) so I was there and I started meeting great people there. I went, I met uh, Trevor and Paul from Podium Nutrition. I met met a lot of guys there that, uh, Leon from Fitter, because we used to have uh, lots of uh, video calls, John and I with him, but I met him in person then, and then I was, that was really cool. So it's a great, it's a great opportunity for, for meeting everyone at the space. Uh, And it was quite fun, actually. You saw saw me coming (laughs) back. Yeah, as I still awake at three o'clock in the morning and you're coming in with a beer. Yes. Uh, you were editing, yeah. But the um, the, because the sport is actually the top level of the sport is still quite a small group of people. It's it is quite possible if you go in with the right attitude to make good connections, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we we are not. I think I think we will get there, but we are not in that part of the sport that we are not going to be able to hang with the top uh, athletes or the top brands or the top managers or whatever. So you saw that the first day that we came in into CrossFit Big Dane, Matt was there. Emma okay, was there. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I was so impressed with you because you literally just walked straight up to him and introduced yourself to him. It's like, hi. And you just went, launched yourself straight into a conversation. It's like, oh, she knows she's here. She's on a mission. No, but you know, I met that wasn't the first time that I met him, that I met Matt. Uh, the first time was in London, in Strength in Depth. And I literally saw his Instagram and I saw he was in London. So I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. You know, I came and I saw him at the Noble store with his daughter. I ran into him and said, like, hey, here's my business card. I would love to connect with you sometime. He never wrote me back, of course. No. <laughs> but then I saw my games and I was like, hey, I meet you in London. I would like to, I would like to jump in a call with you someday. So that's, you know, like, you cannot miss the opportunity. That was in London and that was kind of close to, to home, to Spain. But Madison is like, you take it or you leave it. That's why I was, I wasn't losing my time there. I think actually, Carmen, you've got three surnames. You should be called Carmen. 
Olias Hustle Camaro. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, it's like, a, a, you know, like everyone on the program, we're like that. We're going to rest. Hustling is, I would, I'm, I'm a proud hustler. So hustling is to me a, a thing. Yeah, we're happy. Let's talk about the future for you and what's what's up in, what's up and running for 2023 because we've got a big event coming in April. Do you want to tell me about that? Yeah, I'm so excited about that. So the crown is happening again after COVID. Of course, we couldn't we couldn't have the the last two two years because of COVID, and now it's happening again. And I'm super super excited for organizing a competition. To be honest with you, I thought it was easier. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's quite it's quite a hassle. It's quite a hassle. And this is going to happen on the seventh of April, the weekend of Easter. Yeah. In Panama, of course. And yeah, you know, as um just for people to know, this is going to be a competition focused on teenagers, teen athletes. Just 80 athletes competing in Mallorca. Uh, we took care of everything. We recently booked the hotel, the athlete hotel. They're going to have great media, great brands with their amazing partners. Did you see Instagram yesterday? Do you want to tell me? Say it, say it. Yeah, we're partnering with Nike. Yes, that was, I mean, that's the dream. Working with, if you can say that you're working with Nike, that's a dream for everyone. And also, congratulations. Yes. Uh, yeah, there was lots of work behind that. And, and John, of course, did. John, of course, was the main, the main person there. But that was super cool. That was really, really cool. When he told me, I was, but you know how obsessed I am with the, like with fashion and, and shoes etc so they're working with Nike it's uh, so cool for yeah, me well done yeah so we're partnering with them and we will release I think we are releasing some other news today or tomorrow I'm not sure but we we need to announce the other partners and you, you're gonna love it you're going to love it yeah it, it's going to be what we're looking here with the brands is also an experience, not just for the athletes, but also for, for them, for the brands. And what we want to get here is to connect them with the future of the sport. You know, the future of CrossFit is going to be there. And in a matter of two, three years, we want to make it, this even bigger. And it's a great opportunity for them to, to reach to athletes, to show the product, to tell them how the business works. I think it's going to be super cute, super cool to see, you know, and to live. I've got goosebumps. I've got go like, oh, like it's really when when because like when you start talking about it, it's um it's exciting, and uh, I can't. I'm really really looking forward to it as well. It's going to be a great weekend. It and how how much um how much of your day is taken up with organising it? Uh, say that again. Sorry. How much of your day? Every day, are you spending organizing the crown? You know what? It's um, we are we're creating a really good team around it, and we are very structured. Um, also, getting some guys helping us with the marketing stuff and the rebranding of the like the new image of the crown. It was called the comp, so we swap we tweak everything of um, the competition, and we gave this new cool image that was super helpful i'm super glad we took the decision of of taking in more people to help because it was it was a lot you know just just taking care of the brands 
um, the venue, the qualifiers, the events, media, volunteers, judges. It's a lot. Like you, you, I couldn't imagine how much work it was. But media has, uh, you know, like you know how well our media team works. We don't need to be worrying about content anytime. So it's that's thing that's that's something that I have I don't have to be worrying about. Then the branding stuff is working super well. Social media is working really well. Judges will be will be has uh, judges have their their leader now. So it's everything is rolling. Everything is working, and we are on the we're on a really good track right now. So I'm not you know it's not. It's not taking that that long. We we had to work a lot before announcing everything and also qualifiers, etc. But not right now. Not too much. So it's all on track. Yeah, yeah. The qualifiers you got until the fifth of February, didn't you? If you're if you're trying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just workouts. Fifth of February, you have until then to upload everything. So quite quite easy. And the and the, the t- and twenty twenty three from your perspective, apart from the crown, I guess you're on the games track. Have you booked? Have you booked your flight? No, I've told John. Let's do it early this year. Let's do it early this year. So much money last year to, on flights. Last year was crazy. I mean, it was super stressful. I told John that we should at least book. Um, you know, these kind of uh, flight tickets that you can change the name. Because you we know John is going to go. We know some media is going to go. Some the athletes are going to go. So, like, let's book flights or at least an apartment or something. But we are, um, right now I'm thinking a lot about Berlin. I already have my apartment organized in Berlin. Have you? Yeah, my, I'm staying with my friend who lives in Berlin. So I am there, baby. Are you planning? Are you planning to stay there for a few days after that? That would be my plan. I love Berlin. It's a cool place to go. I love Berlin. Yeah, it's super cool. I've been there like three times, and every time I I go there, I I like it more. It's super cool. Yeah, I'm planning to be there for a to to stay there for some days too. So we should do something. Definitely, we should go and uh, mooch around some art galleries together. Ah, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or go. Actually, the best thing to do on Berlin is cycle. You can cycle around the city. It's so much fun. It's super cool. It's super cool. I love it. Yeah, I really. And also drink. We can do both. Drinking. <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, I'm I'm thinking a lot about Berlin. You know, it's going to be huge. That is going to be super cool. Like you can't remember how cool it was, lowlands and and strength in depth. So mixing them together, that's going to be huge. And also the fact that Moritz is going is going to be there as the national champion, uh like like uh, having his uh games ticket. That's going to be really cool to watch. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm. It's uh, exciting to see how the program athletes develop this year, especially because, you know, after Moritz and Solis' rookie years last year, kind of come into the this new season with a lot of understanding about what they're actually going, what they're dreaming of, and what they what they're working towards. So hopefully they go they go in with even more passion and aggression. And Jack is, will be going back for her. How many times would that be? It'll be her third or fourth time at the games. But so there's a lot to play for. Yeah, it's impressive. Four times at the games. That's that's huge. And and she's she's fitter every year. Fitter and 
I'm, I'm better and a better athlete generally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Jacqueline is this the type of athlete that I like in general because she's super serious and she knows how to perform, what to do. You know, it's it, it's great. It's not because I work with her, which I am super proud, but I do like Jacqueline as an athlete a lot. And I like her as a person. Yeah, and as a person, of course, you know, she's, we have a great team. It's like, uh, yeah, we're lucky to have these good people around us. So you're in Seville at the moment. When are you coming to Mallorca next? I don't know. I went to Mallorca. So we fly to, we fly to Miami on Wednesday and I went to Mallorca on Monday. Just like, because, you know, I usually do these flights or trips for going there really early and coming back really late. And it's like spending a day at the office. And we, we work a lot those days. And we, you know, we, Hannah, we have lunch together. We go to the gym together so we can have a chat face to face. And I like that kind of, I like those, I like those days. Uh, but right now I don't have anything at the moment. Maybe for something for the crown. Last time I I went was for for seeing the venue and to have a meeting there with the ayuntamiento with the government. So so yeah, probably for probably for the crown. Probably for doing something there. We should we should hang and have a coffee at least. We'll definitely I'll definitely see you in April then. Yeah, April hundred percent. I will I will probably be there for the open. Well, let me know. The um, And good luck with your meeting with the other female managers. I would love to know if they want to talk about it on, on the podcast, then that would be good. Because I think it's really important to get it out there and talk about it more. Yeah, I should definitely tell them to to connect with you. and Because, you know, like Cheska uh, is um, working with lots of European athletes. Too. Do you know her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe I introduced you in London, wasn't it? I don't remember, but I've got her. I got her from. She's uh, she's helped me meet a couple of athletes. Yeah. Cool. cool. She's a great. She's a great girl. And um, and then Deb was uh, works with um, lab management in America. So yeah, we'll definitely touch base. I'm I'm looking towards it because uh, you know I think it's important if we move together. And we should definitely talk also about other roles. You know, as you say, media coaches, business owners or whatever, we should definitely do something. So yeah, quite about the the future and also for, for you know CrossFit in general getting really big. I think it's important that we get parity both front and back behind the scenes and in, and on the stage for sure. Absolutely. Hundred percent I hundred percent agree with you. Okay. I'm just gonna mark it there. So Carmen, Olias, Hustle, Camero and Rumi, thank you. See you in Mallorca soon. Until next time. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.